say hi, welcome to all those around you. Thanks. Say, it's a great day to be in God's presence together. Amen. It's a great day. What a time of worship. Welcome to those who are online. We believe that you experience um, the presence of God. We believe that in your home. So welcome to you guys listening online and looking forward to seeing some of the parents back in, in the room in a little bit. Being in God's presence together is life-changing. Amen. You know, um, I, I was praying this week and uh, I was reading through... Uh, Proverbs 8 and one of the cries of my heart is that I'll have wisdom because I know that wisdom God's wisdom not earthly wisdom but the wisdom that comes from above so it's heavenly it's, it's divine because a lot of people walk around saying oh they're wise but if you don't know the Lord and his ways or his word you're not wise because you can only be wise with God's wisdom, God's way of doing life. And it's one of the things that a leader must have from God if you're going to be able to lead effectively. It's something that you need in your family, in your business. You need God's wisdom for everything, your relationships. And so I'm praying and praying and praying, and the Lord said to me so clearly, do you not think it's time to receive? And how many of you know that there are really important issues when we pray? We need to pray right. And I think sometimes, you know, we pray and pray and pray. We might even know it's God's will for us, but we need to know how to pray right. Otherwise, we don't get the answers. I remember my brother teaching me once how to play golf. It didn't last long. It's not my game getting a club and knocking it round a course. And, uh, but anyway, here I am at the first teeing off and I hold the golf club in completely the wrong way and it, I whack it. That was a, already a miracle. I hit the ball because it's easy to miss a golf ball. Uh, but it went off into the bush. And my brother said to me, you're just not doing this right. And he taught me how to hit it and how to hold that club. And I think sometimes, you know, in prayer, we need to be reminded or taught how to pray. Because if we don't pray right, it's like we're always hitting it off into the bush or into the bunker. And it's never going to the place or working right. And so prayers like that. And Jesus, in Mark chapter 11, I don't know if you're there yet, But in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is teaching. He actually starts in the temple. We're going to start in the temple, but actually he started the the morning when he um, spoke to this tree, this fig tree. We won't go into that just yet, but he goes to the temple in Jerusalem and there's stuff going on in the temple that shouldn't have been going on. They were selling things and using Um, the temple of God, which is where God lives, God dwells, for all the wrong reasons. And Jesus made this statement in verse 17. He taught. It's interesting. He didn't just say this one scripture. He said this scripture, but he taught on it. That's interesting. Because, you know, he spoke the word, but he was teaching them. Just like my brother taught me how to hold a golf club and how to be effective at golf. He taught them. And he started by saying, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So he's teaching them that actually the purpose of the temple is for prayer for all people. Okay, so some people think it's for entertainment, it's for preaching. All these, preaching, it's supposed to be for the word. It's supposed to be for all all other things, fellowship with other believers. But actually, the, the temple of God is set aside by God to be a place where people pray. And we are the church or the temple 
of God. You as an individual, if you have God living in you, you are also called a temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. Which means God says of you, I have designated your purpose to be prayer. I have designated, set you apart to be a praying person. A praying man or woman or child, if you know Jesus. And my church, my collective called out ones, are called to be, designated to be, a place of prayer. Where you can come to me and I will answer you. That's the simplest form of prayer Jesus taught on. Ask and you will receive. And I love whatever, what he says in the next verse in Matthew. He doesn't just say, ask and you receive. He says, whoever asks, receives. Now, you could say anybody who plays golf can play golf, but you can't unless you know how to play golf. And you could say anybody can pray, but actually there is a right way of praying. And if we're not getting answers, we need to go back to how we can pray right. Because Jesus wants us to have answers, to be effective in prayer. So the way you're praying might not be right. Can I please say that? Because there's a right way of praying and there's a wrong way of praying. And if you keep your little right way, what you think is the right way, and don't change, then you can't be effective in prayer. And so Jesus doesn't just say, I've called you to be a man or woman of prayer. He says, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And we need the Lord to teach us how to pray. Because unless we're taught, we don't get it right. And we don't see what he plans in our lives, in our kids' life, in our families, in our relationships, or in our community. And so we have to be taught right. And maybe, maybe, maybe today there could be some change come into your prayer life through hearing the word of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus on prayer, that actually means you start getting results. But you've got to throw out the wrong stuff to get the right stuff going in your life. Because if you just carry on doing something that isn't working, Guess what? You'll carry on and it won't work. But if you change, then you will be effective in prayer. Now, any person who is a success, any church that sees a move of God, any person, individual, man or woman or child, who can pray well, can pray effectively, is actually going to see things shift and change around them. It's going to be a world changer. If you look at the life of David, the King David, he was an amazing, successful leader. He was responsible for restoring a whole nation to worship God. Do you not think that's mega? Think about your life. Imagine being someone who restored a nation the UK, England, if you like. Take England, take the whole of the country back to worship. You'd think that would be pretty impressive. He wasn't a weak man, he was a warrior. He could defeat the biggest enemies. But how did he win? Well, he was a man of prayer. His success, the core of his success, was traced back to being a praying man. And he said, in, you can read it in Psalm 27, one thing I desire, to behold the beauty. So he knew he would come to be and see Jesus, to be with God. When you pray, you're with a person. You're praying to a person. You're not praying into an atmosphere or sending an email. You've got God who is here, a person who is present. And he said, I come to behold you but I've come to inquire of you in your temple, in your dwelling place. So I've come to ask you, I've come to ask, first of all, what do you want to do in this? 
And secondly, I need to know how to see that happen through my prayers. Strong, faith-filled prayer is the only way to see a move of God. Is the only way to see God transform people and lives and families and circumstances, but primarily the lost. Because God wants his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. But if we're not praying right or part of the answer, then we are not fulfilling our mandate, which is to be a house of prayer for all nations. But I love it that there's joy in prayer. There's no condemnation. Whatever's happened in the past, it's best to just shelve it and begin new. And say, actually, I am going to listen to what Jesus says about prayer. Apply it to my own life. And say, Lord, I want to decide to be a man or woman of prayer. So that I can shift, change circumstances that are impossible to change. So Jesus, he comes to teach on prayer. But my first question I think we have to understand is why do we need to pray when God is sovereign? Won't it just happen anyway? Has anybody ever heard somebody say that? I have. Why do I need to pray if God is sovereign? He can do anything. Why pray? Surely it's just going to happen. Well, what's the biblical answer? Not my personal answer. Well, Genesis 1 verse 26 to 27 speaks of how God created the heavens and the earth and then he created man, male and female, in his image. And he gave them dominion over the earth. And he told them to have dominion, be fruitful and multiply. So God made a choice not to rule and intervene on earth except through a person. Hello? Are you awake? So God said, I can do anything, of course, because he's God. But I have chosen to do it through you. I've given you a territory and I've given you an assignment. And your assignment is to see the will of God, the order of God, and the advance of the reign of God on earth. Now, it got messed up. And the more we go on, the more you look at the world, how messed up it is. How did the mess begin? Did God mess the planet? No. If you know your Bible, you will know that Adam and Eve disobeyed or chose to act and do what God said don't do. So they sinned. They missed the mark. And through sin, Adam and Eve lost dominion. That means the authority, the right to bring the reign of God. They lost relationship with God and dominion with God. And that through God that they could rule the earth, it was gone. And they actually handed dominion to Satan. Do you not think that's radical? That Satan now had the legal right on earth to influence people through their sin and their rebellion That's why Jesus said he is called the God of this world. Small g. Adam was raised to be God under God, a son of God, really a ruler, a king under God. But he lost it and gave the right to Satan. So the mess is never God's fault It is never God. So to say, why did God do this or why did God allow this is because someone is responsible, whether it's Satan or a human being. 
Amen. And that they are not taking responsibility. Jesus came, died as a man on the cross to restore us back to relationship with God, to fix all the problems for all who believe and receive him. And what he essentially gave those who believe in him is a right relationship with him through faith and an authority to bring God's dominion. And one of the ways, and without it, it won't happen, is through prayer. So God isn't going to usurp any event in your life. Things won't just happen. They'll happen because someone prayed it. You got saved because someone prayed. God didn't just happen upon your life. Someone stood in a place of prayer and stood there and continued to pray. They did it for me. I thank God for them. They did it for me. They prayed for me. And I tell you, it was the power of God that came on me. You can't be saved without power. And people of prayer have such a power about them and their lives that they see the kingdom come. They see answers to prayer. And so it's this strong, faithful prayer that God has restored back to you and to me and to his church to see his kingdom come. So if we don't pray, it's not God's fault that things go wrong. Okay. Okay, now we know we have an enemy. That's a different uh, thing. But we are called to pray. Jesus got up in the morning. He had a habit of prayer. Do you? Are you known to have a habit of praying? Do people know where you go to pray? He went off to be alone with his father. He also prayed during the day. But he also prayed all night. All night long, he was with his father praying because he knew he needed to get the right choices and decisions with the future of the church was going to be the right disciples. Who was he going to choose? So he called 12. But it took him all night to get the mind of Christ. Wow. Some of us won't even last a minute. But Jesus taught us how to pray. And the thing about prayer is, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. The less you do it, the less you want to do it. Because your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing. And that's why Jesus said, pray that you will not enter into temptation. A person of prayer resists temptation. David was tempted by Bathsheba when he stopped praying. Fell into sin. And his whole family was ruined because of that sin. He also fell into temptation when he stopped praying and he had a thought from Satan. How many of you know Satan can have plans too that you can adopt? And he countered the army, which was evidence of unbelief. And so when you stop praying, it's easy for you to be led into temptation. Your flesh will dominate your life. Desire for other things will come in. And you'll just want everything, but not God's presence. It's easy. But Jesus says, I've designated you, my people, to be a people of prayer. The most humble people pray. When you're proud, you think you can do life without prayer. But humility says, I need God, therefore I must pray. Humility is a mark of someone who's a praying person because they know they must pray. It's not even an option. It's not something I'm too busy to do. I make it a priority to pray. But then Jesus teaches on how to pray. 
And you know the story. He cursed the fig tree the day before. And in verse 20, let's just read these few verses. They're, they're powerful. Lord, teach us to pray. Now in the morning they passed by, saw a fig tree dried, dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Remember Jesus the, the previous day had spoken to it because he went to find fruit. It wasn't on there. And he spoke and he said, let no one eat fruit from you again. Next morning, result. Wouldn't you like to have next morning results? Well, Jesus is going to teach you how. (laughs) If you want to know how, this is how he he teaches you how to get results. So he says, Peter comes up with Rabbi Remember. So he said, wow, this is awesome. So, So Jesus uses this as a lesson to teach his disciples to pray. And he answered and he said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Then on to the next verse. For when you pray, therefore I say, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And then he goes on to say, and whenever you stand praying, if, 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 if you have anything, 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 anything against anyone, 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 anyone. If you do, forgive that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So in other words, there is a condition to be in right relationship with God through forgiveness. And one of those conditions is that you forgive anyone. It's always, for me, a big check before I pray. I go through, am I mad with anyone? Before I pray, right. Is the person I live with annoying me? Have they done something wrong that's really ticked me off? Husbands, wives, kids, boss, government, Boris. Trump. It's anyone, isn't it? Shopkeeper. Waiter. Driver. (laughs) Customer. Member of the church. I always check it. And I go through it, Lord, is there anybody I'm mad at? Holy Spirit, if I've kind of conveniently forgotten I'm mad, (laughs) would you please remind me so that I can sort it and forgive them from my heart and pray a blessing on them. Now, this can be more difficult, the more difficult what they've done to you is. And sometimes it just takes a bit of pouring out and saying, Lord, I choose to forgive. Help me to pray a blessing on them because I really don't feel like blessing them right now. But I will do what you say to do. So that's one of the greatest hindrances to prayer and could be in your prayer life. The reason you're not getting answers is because you're holding unforgiveness against someone. Because it stops your answers completely and it actually, actually means you won't be forgiven if you can't forgive. You know, I, I unintentionally apparently offend a lot of people. I mean, I had an email this week uh, from, from someone 20 years ago. Apparently, I said, don't marry the wrong person. That's all I said in the message. I don't see any wrong, anything wrong with that. Because God has assigned the right person 
Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Hello? <laughs> and uh, apparently I said this and she wrote an email and said, all my life you're responsible for me being in a mess. I divorced twice. You're the problem. And I'm like, oh, I've learned to even bat it off. I don't even hold resentment against them. I just think, bless them. You know, they've, they've just so twisted and so wrong on the inside that they can't think straight. But if I took offense at that, wouldn't that be a problem to me? Not her? My prayer life wouldn't work. She might be happy that she sent the email. But I can't send prayers. So I have to be careful and watch what's in my heart continuously. And that's the least of it, by the way. I'm telling you the good things. So Jesus said, right, I'm going to teach you. Now this is all about prayer. Have faith in God. Stop. Stop right there. Have faith in God. It actually means, it speaks in the Hebrew, what actually Jesus is saying is to have the faith of God or have the faith that comes from God. So you can't get faith from anyone other than God. You can't drum it up yourself. You can't be self-convinced you're right. You've got to get it from God. And Romans 10:17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What's the Word of God? The Bible, the written Word of God is the Word of God. It is written. That's why Jesus upheld scriptures continuously and he was the fulfillment of every word. Because faith comes from hearing and that's a now thing. Not having heard, when you pray, you need to be hearing the Word before you even ask Amen. So don't pray without faith. You need faith before you pray. Okay, so faith comes from him. Now I love to think of all the people that came to Jesus when I think about myself praying. He didn't turn any of them away. Do you remember that one day we had, this was in the same day, Jairus came to Jesus because he had a an issue with his daughter that was dying. So you can come on behalf of other people. I love that. You can come on behalf of someone in your family. Isn't that amazing? They're not even there, but you can pray it. You can come to Jesus. Jairus came. The woman came, snuck in the back, <laughs> sneaked round the back, and said, if I just touch him, I'll be healed. Touch his garment. She came. And then says in another gospel, two blind men came on the same day. And they all came to Jesus. And if you're going to get faith, you've got to come to the person to believe that he is. You know the Syrophoenician woman, when she came, Jesus was in a house and he didn't really want people to know. He was with his disciples. He was hidden in this house. I love it because he's hidden in my house. I love it because he's hidden here. He's in you. I can see him. Actually, he's in you. That makes me really excited. If I really think about it, he's in everybody, I think, in the room. Oh, my word, sorry, I've gone off camera. (laughs) Forgive me. He's in the house. But, you see, not everybody saw him. She saw. She knew. And she went, I'm going for it. I'm going for my daughter to get a miracle from him. So, whenever you come to him, you have to believe that he's present, not absent. He's never absent. He's just not here in the visible, natural eyes, but you can see him with faith. Come to him. He's a good father with unlimited resources. And he cares. He cares about absolutely everything that's bothering you. 
He cares about your kids more than you do. He cares about your marriage more than you do. He cares about your blessing more than you do, actually. But he also cares about his kingdom coming through where he's put you. He wants to see his kingdom come more than anything. And that means people influenced by him and come to know Jesus through your life. So when you can have faith, you have to come to the person to get it. Faith comes from God. This is what Jesus is teaching you. And so I come to him. But I also come saying, Lord, I need to hear your word. I come to the person to hear the word. Speak, Lord. And as I read my word, the Bible, I believe he's going to speak. Or I know that all the promises written in this book are yes and amen to those in Christ. They're actually all for me. They're all for you if you're in Christ. Every promise is yes and amen. But I have to be hearing it in my heart because that's how faith comes. It doesn't just come by hearing with my head. It's a hearing in my heart. It's about hearing with faith and confidence in who he is, how good he is, and how he wants to give what he has promised to me. Have the faith that comes from God. What is faith? Just back to the ABCs. What is faith? Faith is, Hebrews 11 verse 1, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't yet see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't yet see. So faith that comes from hearing God is receiving from God a certainty that because he spoke it, because he says it, it's a definite It's sure and certain, and I have evidence. The evidence isn't based on what I feel or see. The evidence is based on what another translation says is a title deed. Faith is the title deed, which means it's a legal document that tells me what belongs to me. So the promises are telling me what belongs to me. It's mine. He died for me to receive all of these, but as I hear it, I'm going, wow, this is mine. I make it simply mine. I take it, Father, and say, I receive it based on your word as the only evidence I need. The only evidence I need. Now, If you've ever had an email from someone saying, I've just put £100 into a voucher or an account for you, if you didn't know them, you'd think it was a scam, wouldn't you? Somebody sends you an email, I put £100 in your account, never heard of them, don't know them, you'd be like, it's questionable that. But if a family member or a friend said, sent you an email, or a text, I've just put £100 in your account, what would you do? You'd rejoice before you checked. Wouldn't you? I think I could trust most people in the room. And if you said, this is what I've given you, I'd be going, brilliant! Because I trust based on the person and based on what they say. Do you not think sometimes it's really bad if we trust our wife or our husband, but we don't trust God? When God himself says he's going to do something, and he's given his word, 
Why do we look for more evidence? Why don't we rejoice that it's ours before we see it? The Lord wants to restore your confidence in prayer, but confidence comes from faith, from trusting the person and trusting that because he said it, it's a done deal. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. Have the faith that comes from God. But faith isn't just general, it's specific. Okay, when you have faith, you know what's coming. Right, come on. Let me say that again. When you have faith, you actually know what's coming. It's identifiable. I love that. When you have faith, you know what's coming. So when I order a pizza, I'm not expecting sushi. Nor do I go around, oh, I have faith. I've got such faith. God's going to do it. What's he going to do? Well, I don't know, but he's going to do it. Well, let me tell you, he's not going to do it. Because you can only have faith for what you know is coming. Because you've received it from the word. So if you don't have a word, you don't know what's coming. I know this is really... I know it's simple, but it's not. It's profound. To have the faith that comes from God means you actually have something of substance. You've got the evidence based on a promise and you know that God is faithful. He said it, so I believe it, and that's it, because he's the most trustworthy person that is ever, ever, ever going to... He's more trustworthy than the most trustworthy person in this room. And so if he said it, he said it belongs to me, I'm going to gratefully accept it and say, thank you, my wonderful heavenly Father. And I'm going to know what I'm believing for. What are you believing for then? Do you know what you're believing for? Or is it too general? We know God wants his kingdom to come, his will to be done. But you've got to have faith that comes from God for a particular thing if you're going to get it answered. And Jesus, you know, on that day where Jairus... His daughter was uh, raised from the dead. His, uh, the um, woman was healed. The blind men were healed. In every situation, he said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Can I say it again? According to your faith, it will be done to you. And when Jairus was tempted to believe a bad report, Jesus said, Only believe, don't fear. Just believe me. Trust me. I'm trustworthy. Believe I will do what I've promised. Take specific promises from God. Accept them yourself. And say, I'm going to believe this without any other evidence, even if everything is, is different around me. I'm going to accept what God says. You know, sometimes I think we pray too much in the dark. We don't know. Too, we just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just praying. I'm just praying. But you know, the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. And if you've ever been trying to walk around in the dark, in a, in a dark room, you don't know where you're going. But light, the light that comes through the word is like when you switch on the light. And you're like, suddenly I can see. And every time you look through the word of God, you're seeing light. You're seeing what's coming. You're seeing what God's promised. You're seeing this amazing vision.
of what God has said that defies the, result, the things that are happening down here. It defies what's happening around me. My head, I don't let my head switch off the light, by the way. Don't let your head switch off that light. The entrance of his word brings light. Don't switch it off with your head or your feelings. Amen. Pray in the light. Pray with faith. And Jesus then goes on to say that faith actually will move circumstances on earth. That whoever believes in his heart, well, you believe because you've already got the word. You've already accepted. You know that you know that God has promised it and you accept it. But then you say to the mountain, be moved. You start to speak because it's a reality to you. You say, I'm going to speak based on what God says. To speak means to say what God is saying about that situation and to command the situation. Decree a thing. Declare something. This is what God says about my marriage. This is what God says about my kids. You know, some people are so too quick to receive a doctor's report about their children. Oh, they've got ADHD, or they've got such and such, or they've got such and such. Get a word. Get a word from God and declare it. Believe it and speak it, and it will come to pass. Before you pray, have faith in God. Let me just make this a real kind of situation that happened with Elijah. Let's turn to 1 Kings just quickly and then we're, we're going to slide down to the end. How are you doing? Faith comes from hearing. Never forget it. Faith is being sure, confident in God and what he says and taking it personally, taking it yourself. This is my promise. It's not just a promise. It belongs to me. Elijah. Now, for three years there's been a famine in the land. And uh, it hasn't rained. And quite honestly, everybody's hoping. I would imagine there were lots of prayers of hope that it would rain, but no, no prayers of faith. Because you would hope it would rain because there's, there's the whole economy. I mean, it was a terrible time. All uh, Christians were being killed, you could say. Ahab was a wicked leader. And he wanted to kill all the prophets. He wanted to kill all the people of God. And so, you know, we're in an environment which is far worse than any of us have experienced probably here in this room. And uh, God speaks... And Elijah, Elijah said, you know, often he spoke like this, uh, before whom I stand, the God before whom I stand. So basically he's in a relationship with God because he's coming to God. And he's saying, Lord, I want to I hear what you're saying. I want to hear. I want to I hear. Oh, just speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And so it says in verse 1, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. There is the beginning of change. When a word comes, the change has begun. (laughs) When a word comes to you, a change has happened. It started. The word of the Lord came to him. And God said, go show yourself to Ahab, I'm sending rain. I'm sending rain. Go go show yourself to Ahab. I'm going to send rain on the earth. And this was the first time someone had been in faith for change. And it came after hearing the word. You know, you may pray for change hope for change, fast for change, but without faith, it won't change. Did you hear me? Without faith, without a word, without a promise, it's not going to change. 
All your praying, Jesus wants us to receive. But we have to, like playing golf, we have to play right. And we need to hear the word to have faith that comes from God. Also, Elijah knew God wasn't sending, like he did in, some, uh, in the wilderness, he sent quail. So he wasn't like, I think God's going to send, I, I believe, I feel, I sense. I sense God's going to send quail. No, he knew what was coming. He knew God said rain. Because God's word had said rain. So it was specific. He knew exactly what God had promised. What I love about this is that he just accepted it because he believed in the one who spoke and the integrity of every word that comes from him. You can trust every word in your Bible, every promise. It was God who said it. You can trust the one who promised it. Let God be true and every man a liar. God cannot lie. He cannot. It's impossible for God to lie. Turn over to verse 41. Now a little bit of time passes. There's a test of the faith and um, there's kinds of demonstrations of the Spirit. Amazing things happen to turn God's people back to himself. But God had promised rain and it hadn't happened because someone had to pray it right. He didn't just say it and it happened. Somebody had to pray it. Okay? Even though God's sovereign, he's using somebody to bring it to pass. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of of rain. Has it started to rain? Ahab said, don't be silly, it's not raining. You're crazy. There isn't a cloud in the sky. There is absolutely no evidence that it's raining. But what I love about Elijah, he had received a word from God And because faith comes from hearing, he was hearing rain in his heart. He knew that it was raining. He didn't say, I think rain's coming. He said, I can actually hear it's raining. Not a drop. But because he had faith, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't yet see. But I believe that something happened that when Elijah first received the word, he began to meditate on it. Think about it. Speak it over and over again. God sending rain. God sending rain. Oh Lord, I'm starting to hear it. It's starting to grow in me. What God has said is going going even bigger and bigger and I'm like, I can hear rain. It's definitely raining. Ahab, you better rush because rain's on its way. It's coming because I know it's raining. Can you see how it kind of came just from a word to a fully hearing and knowing on the inside that this is what's going on. And then he goes to prayer. He goes up on Mount Carmel and he begins to pray and bow before God. And he has a servant with him. And he says, you know, praise. And then he sends his servant, can you see a cloud? Can you see any rain? No, no, nothing, nothing, no evidence. Okay, well, I'll keep standing because I know it's raining. I know it's raining. You may have no feelings. You may have no evidence physically. Nothing's changed. But Elijah's praying until he sees it happen. He's praying in faith. He's not doubting. So he keeps going. Like Jesus said to us, we ought to always pray and not give up. Imagine if he quit third time. But he went full seven times. 
And the seventh time, the guy comes back and he said, there's a, there's a, look, Elijah, it's not much. It's just a little bit of cloud. We haven't seen clouds for three years, but there's a little cloud. He said, that's it, job's done. It's manifest. What was in me has now come into the earth. It's been manifest. I tell you the truth that whatever you have in you by faith that you pray it'll come to pass it'll happen as you believe and speak and pray the word it will come to pass what powerful teaching from Jesus the right way of praying the thing that um, James tells us, let's just finish with this and then we're, we're going to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Let us hear what your Spirit is saying to us today. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus says, have the faith that comes from God because you can have the faith that comes from God. It's possible for everybody in this room by hearing his word. But you know, you just have to want to. And you have to go to him and seek. and Say, Lord, I, I, I need a word on this. I need faith. I haven't got faith, but I believe you'll give it to me. I just want to ask for a promise. And he'll give it because he's kind and he's good and he speaks. And you can hear his voice. And that's the truth. James 1. This is about wisdom like I was praying uh, this week. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, there it is, pray, who gives to all liberally without reproach. That means generously. He gives generously without finding fault. And it will be given to him. There we are. Ask and it will be given. But let him ask in faith. There it is, the condition. Don't ask without faith. Ask in faith, knowing it's God's will. The lights come on. Switch through the word, but also believing the word of God. Ask in faith, no doubting, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed by the wind and the waves. Okay, I've known doubt. Have you known doubt? You ask for something, and then you think you've received it, and then you go to the, oh, but look what's happening. It can't be, I can't be in faith. And then you go back, and it's a bit like ping pong. You go from one thing to another to another. Does anybody relate to that? That's called doubt. It's been double-minded. How do we become single-minded? Only through meditation on the word, the promise. You meditate on it. Joshua was told this. Meditate on my word day and night. So get that promise that God has given you and begin to meditate so that it becomes, rather than just a seed, it becomes like a, a, a great big oak tree with loads of acorns on it. The influence of it just grows on the inside. And you begin to say, I'm absolutely sure and so I'm not going to doubt because I can't. It's become something so strong in you. Let him ask in faith, not doubting. Now the devil will come and sow doubt, suggest that it's not going to happen. That look, he'll say, look at what's going on. Nothing's changed. And that's when you must not doubt. Refuse it and say, no, I'm believing what God says is going to happen. Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive it. So when you pray in faith, believe you receive it, and it will come into being. It will happen for you. What a promise. Jesus said this. It's amazing. When you pray, believe you've received it. The other day when I was praying for wisdom, the Lord just said, receive it. And I was like, oh, duh. How long have I been saved? I just need to say thank you. I take it, Father. 
Now, my head was still fuzzy. I didn't have a clue up here, but I believed. So I walked around saying, I've got wisdom. I don't feel it. I haven't got any kind of uh, insight in my head yet, but I know I've got it. And it will come into my understanding at just the right time. But I received it in prayer, and actually later on in that day, it was like, bing, lights on, I know, I know what to do. But I'd received it in prayer first, and then it happened in my head. I got spiritual wisdom from God. The thing that you must be aware is that the delays will come. After you've received, there will be often a delay in seeing it happen. Now, there are reasons for the the delay. Sometimes it's demons that oppose the answer. You can read that in Daniel, where actually, as soon as Daniel began to pray, God answered, but actually, there was a resistance in the spirit. But Daniel stood and continued to stand in what he believed. And eventually, it was manifest. It's a bit like a download, you know, on your, if you're downloading something on, for an app, or you're downloading uh, a movie, you can have a, a little bar or a circle that says 27%. 30%, 75%, and sometimes it's like that. When you've received it, it's downloading. It's on its way. Don't doubt. It's already on its way. Don't doubt. It's on its way. But it's coming to 100%. If you will not waver. And sometimes when I'm downloading and it gets stuck on 27%, I'll press another button to cancel it because I get frustrated it's not coming. And you can cancel it by what you say. You can cancel what you've received by doubting and speaking. Don't speak it. Don't speak your doubts. Speak faith. Don't allow doubts to come out of your mouth. Because otherwise you'll have to start at the beginning and say, let's ask in faith and get back to, right, it's coming in, it's coming in. Right, I'm going to stand. Continue to speak, declare. Thank you, Father. It's on its way. Thank you for my miracle. Thank you for a manifestation of this promise. Thank you that my family will be saved. Thank you, Lord, that you are raising an exceedingly great army. Thank you, Father, that there is going to be a harvest of souls. Thank you, Father, that I'm going to see the kingdom of God come in where, where I work, where I live. Download. Sometimes situations you pray for, there are people involved. How many of you know that when people prayed for you, you took some time to bow? I did. And so God doesn't override human will, but he works to influence. But I'm thankful for those who never gave up on praying for my salvation. And if you're going to see a family member saved or a situation shift in your family, never quit. Don't quit on them. God is not willing that any man perish, but all come to know the truth, come to repentance. And so God asks you to pray for those in your territory. Because if you don't, the influence won't be there. But if you will pray... God will influence and bring change because he will intervene through your prayer life. And that that call of God on your life is to be a house of prayer on my life, that we as a church are to be a praying people, strong, faith-filled prayers. Thank you, Father. Jesus teaches how to pray. If you've been doing it wrong, throw out what you've been doing. Come to him. Ask him to speak and give you a promise. And then meditate on it till it actually becomes like an overriding, I just know that I know that I know. 
You know, when I receive an email with £100 from a family or a friend, which recently happened to me, thank you, Lord, and thank them, um, I didn't doubt it. I just went happily off to spend it. And I think we've got to become more like children that just say, thank you, Father. You said it, I accept it. But I'm going to stand and pray. God is a good father and he gives good gifts to his children. So never, ever try and change the ways that prayer works to suit you. Allow your life to come under the word of God so that you can be effective. Jesus wants you to succeed, but it happens in the right way. And faith is the essential ingredient. You cannot pray effectively without faith in anything. And so faith comes as we come to him and we receive his promise in a fresh way. Praise God. Jesus is the master teacher. He's the biggest faith preacher there is. Because he knows that we cannot see all that he freely gives without faith. Faith is the channel through which all the blessings of God come. It's the channel through which all the blessings of God come and through prayer. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we humble ourselves today under your mighty hand. Thank you that you are our heavenly Father. You're my Father. Just thank him now that he's your heavenly Father, that he cares about you and for you, and he cares about your family. He cares about the lost who are around you every day. Just thank him that in his care for you, he has restored you to right relationship with him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just open our mouths. Let's just be thankful. Father, thank you. Let this be a house of prayer as we give thanks to you, Father. We open up our hearts, we open up our mouths, and we just thank you, Father, that you care. You're a good heavenly Father. You give good gifts to your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you've designated each one of us individually and us together to be a house of prayer for all people. And Lord, we, we just say this morning, we're sorry if we've made it something else. We're sorry if there hasn't been prayer going on. There's been everything else but prayer. If that's you, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to have a habit of prayer. I want to have a life of prayer. I want to decide today to be the man or woman of prayer. Everything comes out of strong, faithful prayer. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us a privilege and a, an amazing relationship with you, that we can come to you, Jesus, like Jairus did, in impossible situations, and trust in you, Lord, and continue to trust to see circumstances shift, to see family members saved, to see everything change here on earth. And Lord, I know it's your mandate on our lives as a church that we pray to see your kingdom, your reign come. And Lord, when there is no prayer, there is no kingdom advance. And so we pray, Father, restore that spirit of prayer, that confidence in who you are, that we can come to you. Thank you, Lord, that you will speak and that faith will come by hearing your word. Thank you that every promise has been given and paid for by you. That it's all freely given. But Lord, I pray for faith to receive. I pray for a fresh faith to receive the promise. Faith in our hearts, Lord. A fresh hearing of the word. For those who've got dull in hearing, 
those who just listen and don't believe. Lord, I pray, unstop our ears. Open our eyes so that we can actually be like children and just receive the good things that you have promised for us. Thank you, Lord, that you sift our desires and make them yours. That our desires will be for your glory and not for selfish gain. That we would seek your kingdom come and your will done. And Father, I pray that businesses, workplaces will be saturated in prayer. I pray, Lord, for a spirit of prayer to be restored into children's ministry, to, to sound, to, to everything we're doing, the worship, everything that we are together as your people, our fellowship together based on prayer. Father, your house shall be called a house of prayer. And so, Lord, restore the, the, the spirit of prayer in your people again. Thank you, Father. And Lord, when we haven't seen things work, when we've got stuck in a bunker, I pray we would come back to you to be taught how to pray again so that we would learn your ways that faith, declaration, speaking it out and believing we receive it, the simple things in prayer would work powerfully for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When you receive a promise, I really feel the Lord wants me to emphasize this. When you receive a promise, meditate on it. I'm talking at least a week. Continually. Until you start to hear it on the inside. It's the only way to see it established. Otherwise, you will easily be put off what God has said. So this is the way to pray. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe that prayer is going to completely change your family, your own destiny, and the future generation that have yet to be saved. But if my people will humble themselves and pray, God promises to heal our land. So Father... Just let's lift our hands to him now. Father, we submit to you and thank you that you call, you call me a house of prayer for, for all nations. And so, Father, restore the, the purpose of the house back to what it should be. Restore the purpose of the church. Amen. In Jesus' name, let it be. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Just to teach today, as Jesus taught in the temple, I believe that's what he wanted to do. But I trust a confidence and an understanding has come back into your heart today about how to pray effectively. And don't forget to say it, not just pray it. When you pray, believe you receive it, but say it. Declare this is how it shall be. Call those things that are not as though they were. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.